coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. The Cougars' four-game win streak crashes to an end against the Waves. Now the Cougs look to get back on the winning track with Pacific in Provo. We've got Coach Pope and Trevin Nell to look back and ahead next. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar basketball fans. Welcome back inside Studio C of the BYU Broadcasting Building for another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, hashtag Pope Show on Twitter. It's your weekly up-close-and-personal look inside the BYU Hoops program. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll recap a home win over Portland in back-to-back games against the Pepperdine Waves. We'll preview a surprise showdown with Pacific. Tonight's Cougar Q&A is with the resurgent Spencer Johnson. This week's presentation of Deep Blue featuring big man Matt Harms, while Trevin Nell will join the show live. Well, yesterday... Mark Pope and the Cougar Hoopsters were on the California coast tonight. Coach Pope is on set with a lot to discuss. Hello, Coach. How you doing, brother? I'm all right. You're better than I am. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's tough for all of us, you know, after days like yesterday. It's just hard, right? I hate losing. I mean, I hate losing. Jerem told me I wasn't allowed to talk about losing until we get to the actual loss in the part of the program. It's like the worst. I would rather have you take a pair of pliers and one by one rip off each of my fingernails. I'd rather chew that rather than losing. And um, uh, but there's some there's some things that come from it that are pretty extraordinary uh, that I'll touch on real quick because this process is so extraordinary. First, I got a phone call at 5:58 this evening, and it was my extraordinary wife Leanne, and Leanne had one message for me. She's like, I know you're about to go on the show. She's going <laughs> to kill me, by the way. She is going to kill me. She's like, don't be Eeyore on the show. <laughs> she actually teases me about that all the time when things go bad. And, and uh, sometimes my voice starts to sound like that. But We're um, going to be Tigger tonight. We're going to be Tigger. There's a lot of joy. <laughs> uh, but it's been a really um, special 24 hours because... We haven't um, slept much. We were at the office till the wee hours of the morning and then back early. And, um, and then our correspondence with these young men in these moments of frustration and failure, which you have every season, um, and to watch the guys respond late last night, early this morning, and then practice film session and to see their kind of renewed commitment and fight is just like it's one of the most extraordinary privileges that you have as a coach to watch these young men manage their way through failure and frustration. It's pretty awesome. So I hate it. I hate it like nothing else. But sometimes it's the building block of great things, and, and that's our challenge right now is to make it the building block of great things. Sounds like what you're saying is that over the course of 24 hours, you end up with a restorative vibe in a way. Like, like that's maybe what you're feeling right now. Yeah. We got this. We're going to get back on this. Like a renewed energy. Yeah. So, um, and what the, the text my guys each got at like 1.15, 1.30 uh, last night in the morning was, listen, guys, you got uh, six more hours to get all the way through the five stages of grieving. Um, it used to take me a couple days to get through the five stages of grieving. Now I can do it in like 16 hours and then I can become amazingly productive. And like you have to go through each stage. Like this is a real thing for us. So 
it just is. It's, it's, it's just inspiring to watch these guys work through this, and, and I'm excited about what's coming next. All right, as we move forward, we will have to look back a little bit. We played three games since we last talked on this show, and BYU did win two of them. Let's look back at the highlights and stats presented by Interouten Healthcare. All the way back to last week, uh, the Portland Pilots came to Provo, and uh, this is one of those games that, uh, you know, they were game. They were good for, you know, for, for, for the early moments of this game. Yeah, they made shots early, uh, played really aggressive. Uh, it was a very different tenor and texture of the game than what we played on the road at, at uh, St. Mary's in San Francisco. And uh, they're a competitive group with a, a terrific coach. And, and uh, so they battled for a while. And, and at the end of the day, you know, our bigs were just overwhelming. This game was a game until late in the first half. Alex Barcelo from the corner, Big Rich down low, and then uh, A.B. on the break finishing off two-on-one. Yeah, and you have, I mean, anytime you have a night where Matt Harms is nine for nine and Rich Harbour's five for five, things are going well. Uh, you know, add to that that the guys shot over 40% from the three-point line, 43% from the three-point line. It was, a, it was a great game. It was just so wonderful to actually be back home. Brandon Averett has been really good downhill in transition for us. He's doing some special things, and and Spencer Johnson just banged that shot there, and he, you know, he's had a good three games, uh, you know, topped off by a really terrific performance on the road yesterday. Ended up being a 23-point night for Matt Harms, and his coach noted it was a perfect night from the field. Gideon went uh, about 12 or so games without a three, and then he ended up uh, making back-to-back-to-back games with threes this past week. Part of his game. Matt Harms, still part of his game. There it is, baby. Let's go. We need some more of that. It was a, a big-time shot for him to kind of cap off a night. And I think you were the one that informed me that he had the most consecutive field goals in a game tied since the great Krasimir Kosic. Kosic once went, uh, once went 12 for 12, but uh, he joins the group of guys at uh, 9 for 9. And BYU does uh, win this one kind of going away. Fun night. Connor Harding, three for five from the three-point line. Uh, we had a bunch of great performances from a bunch of guys. A feel-good game. Kind of get our juice back after a real tough road trip. Portland struggles in league after they, they have, I think they began the season six and two, mm-hmm. I think, and had a win at Oregon State, but they just have a real tough fi- time finding footing uh, in their league games. They've had a couple health issues. They weren't at full strength when they came in here. They're missing two guys, one starter, uh, and so that's kind of plagued them a little bit, but um, you know, every, every game in this, in this league is competitive, including Portland. All right, so BYU opening its little two-game home set with that win over the Pilots. And uh, you mentioned how good it was just to, to be home. Uh, it was only three games in a row on the road, but it felt it, it, was, it had been a long time calendar-wise, a month between home games. That's unusual. Yeah, I mean, it had been exactly a month, I think, to the day. And so, um, you know, it's weird enough playing at home without fans, but then to be on the road or not at home, not playing for so long, it was just great to be back in the building. Um, and uh, it's, it's a special place, and, and uh, we love playing in there. We don't know uh, if or when fans are going to get back in to watch your guys play in person this year. Uh, Lorenzo Romar, we'll get to the Pepperdine games here in a second. He thought that BYU, he told me personally that he thinks BYU does a nice job of bringing something, though, to the building on game night. Yeah, our, our, our tech people have done an unbelievable job making the gym as good as it can possibly be. Um, so we're really excited about that. Uh, we're floating all kinds of ideas right now about getting fans back in. Uh, some um, 
probably more reasonable than others. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, the Super Bowl is bringing fans in, uh, frontline healthcare workers that have, have uh, been vaccinated. Um, I'm actually uh, pushing for an actual vaccination drive game where you come get your vaccine and you come in the building. I don't know if any of it's going to work, but, man, <laughs> we're dying to get fans back in this building. It'll be great when that does happen. All right, uh, the Pepperdine games were actually two back-to-backers. Uh, we looked forward to this, uh, looking to the vibe of having a team twice in the span of just a few days. Let's get to the first of two games. It was a home game against the Waves on Saturday at the Marriott Center. BYU and Pepperdine. This was the uh, the Trevin Nell breakout game. Yeah, it was. You know, Trevin has has been knocking on the door for a while, and this was really important. You know, he he got us started uh, and 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 made some shots and and earned some space on the floor, and it makes the game easier for everybody else that's playing. It has such a bigger impact than actually his points or or you know any of his stats. Just getting space on the floor and Brandon Averett had a, a a huge first half. Was really really good in transition and breaking guys down and and. Uh, you know, throughout the course of the game, first half and to the end of the second half, which I'm sure we'll see, Matt Harms was having his own personal block party. Yeah, Harms was in a stretch there of two games with, uh, with seven blocks over the two games, Portland and Pepperdine, before the Cougars hit Malibu. BYU with uh, a lead at the break. Cougars pushed the lead to the double digits, 16 it got to in the second yep. half. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the guys uh, have come out, of, come out of half both in both games, came out of halftime really well um, the first few minutes. Even in the loss, uh, we came out of halftime and extended the lead a little bit. Um, and then, you know, Pepperdine does what a team with two pros on it does. It's really competitive and, and feisty and fight. They made it a game. They weren't going to walk away or go away. They're a proud team, and, they, you know, they're expecting this to be a huge year for them, and, so they put up a great fight, and, and our guys responded in the, in the best way that we respond, which is on the defensive end, uh, down the stretch. And that's in a one-possession game there. Yeah, led by Matt Harms, uh, not only blocking shots, but making this huge uh, kind of turnaround fadeaway jumper that he's perfected now. Um, so so it, was a, it was a terrific win for us, uh, really important win, and I and, uh, was really proud of the guys. Speaking of perfecting things, Colby's little quickie down low is as close to automatic as it comes these days. Yeah, you know he's um, he, he hasn't he's 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 you know incorporated himself in a bunch of different places in the offense this year, but that's still such a weapon. And you know, uh, and we're going to cover the next game, but he's a 1.4 points per possession on the road at Pepperdine, and so um, he makes uh, huge offensive contributions. Actually, in this game at home, he was kind of the lockdown that guy the last three minutes, uh, trying to handle Kessler Edwards, who had got started, and we put Kobe back in the game and, and shut him down. He, he didn't score again, and so Kobe's found all kind of different little ways in specific times in the game to make huge contributions to the team. Colby's role is different uh, in a lot of ways from last year. It shows up in his free throw. He was more frequently to the free throw line last year than he was than he is this year. What, why is that? Do you think? Well, it's it, we're different. We're yeah. just different right now. Um, you know, the way we're approaching the game is different. Our skill set is much different. Uh, the pace of the game, the areas of the floor we're really attacking, it's just completely different. Um, and so he's he's adapted well, and he's. You know, he brings some sense and calmness to the floor, especially on the offensive end for us right now. And so he's done a nice job. And we're going to get to the second Pepperdine game. And again, in, in moderate minutes, he had a really big impact when he was out there for you. Jerem promised me we were not covering the second Pepperdine game. <laughs> Jerem! 
Well, yeah, we'll it's it. not how it went in rehearsal. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, BYU came out of the Pepperdine game uh, with uh, Alex Barcelo needing to skip the postgame stretch for a good reason, right? Yeah. So, you know, this is, Alex, this is trademark Alex Barcelo. He's one of the toughest guys you'll ever meet. And um, so he, he dove on the floor for a ball and got an inadvertent elbow right to the face. Really nasty. Uh, chipped his tooth right in half. He went and sat on the bench for a couple minutes and then came back on the floor and helped us win the game. Um, and then, and then immediately following the game, our, our medical staff is unbelievable. Went straight to a dentist, actually right next to my house, um, and and got his uh, smile back perfectly. No. Like you can't even no, you, you can't, can't even tell. tell. I was disappointed <laughs> because I actually had big plans for his dental work, yeah. uh, but apparently nobody cared what I thought should happen. But he looks beautiful. He's got a perfect smile. Yeah, we, 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 got, a, we got a mock-up of how it might have looked, and that might come later in the show. So you know, we kind of took your idea and thought, this is how it might actually track. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually had a call into compliance to make sure it would be legal. I thought we'd add a little bling to his smile. Then we, got, then we got better. to Pepperdine, and I saw mouth guards all over the place. Yes, so I'll <laughs> tell you. So it's interesting, because I gave the guys a speech before the season. I'm like, guys, listen, I've been through this before. I don't have my front teeth. Half of my staff doesn't have their front teeth. Like, it's a, it's, you're a victim of the game, man. So we have these mouth guards for you. I really suggest you wear them. Not a single guy wore them to practice. <laughs> Alex busts his tooth. Everybody. The thing that was funny was you couldn't understand a word a single player said the next day in practice because they weren't using talking <laughs> mouth guards. So there you go. All right, let's get to the second game with uh, new teeth and mouth guards aplenty. BYU and Pepperdine in the second of a back-to-back. It had been a while since Colby Lee did that. Yeah, we started out the game well. Um, you know, uh, we, were, we were on attack for most of the game. Uh, we were uh, really solid defensively, with the, with the exception of a few miscues in the first half. And I felt like we really had the game in hand. Um, you know, we were forcing Pepperdine to, to take away what they do best and making them do secondary and third tertiary things and um, and, and I thought the first half was successful. That was the last shot of the first yeah, half. Even good defense. It kind of goes off the, the, you know, the back of the iron and in. And then uh, we started off the second half really well, and then transition got away from us. And, um, and it was, um, you know, we've been really good guarding transition. We're in the top 10 percentile in the country, and we've been really good on the glass. And those two fundamental things just got away from us in the last 14 minutes of this game, and we could not find them. Credit to Pepperdine. They're a tough guard. They really space you out. Uh, make it really difficult, but we just we just couldn't find answers, it, and it, it's a uh, it's a torture's deal. Spencer Johnson, you know, was one of the bright spots for us. Uh, really gutty performance. Uh, came up with uh, some big defensive stops uh, where he converted in baskets and made some shots for us. Um, so he was he was terrific. And like I said, we had a lot of great effort from our guys. We just we just couldn't find answers, and. Um, so that's, that's what happens. That's how you end up with a loss. You know, we, we noticed the scores at the bottom of the screen through a lot of these highlights, and everything was a three-point game, a two-point game, a one-point game. Most of the game, and most of the second half certainly, was in a one-possession situation where no one really got out. And I mean, yes, the 11-point lead was there for a while. One of the ones that shrunk, though, yep. it was back and forth the entire rest of the half. Yeah, two, two, two three minutes left. We go down by five. Uh, things were looking bad, and the guys came up Good with rally. stops in a yep. row and, and really rallied. And then, you know, we're tied up, and in the span of a minute, we give up four offensive rebounds. And it's just, that's not us. It's not who we are. Uh, I had some guys that were um, absolutely distraught over the game with, 
with what we didn't get done because it's such an identity of our team. Um, and it's something that'll kind of burn in these guys for a long time. And, and uh, you know, I didn't manage the clock well at the end of the game. There were a lot of things that went sideways for us um, that we just have to get better, and we will. I have an unbelievable locker room of guys that are so hungry to compete and perform, and we know that we have to keep getting better every day, and we will. And um, now it's up to us to write the story uh, following uh, this, this loss, and, and we got to do some special things. In that flurry of offensive rebounds between the two-minute and the one-minute mark, were you seeing bounces, or what were you, what were you getting out of that? Yeah, it was, it was super discouraging. It was, it was discouraging for a lot of reasons. We missed some blockouts. Uh, we had some bad bounces. Uh, we had some three-on-one and four-on-one rebounds where – um, you know, we had four guys kind of jumping in the ball and didn't come up with it. We had some missed eye checks, uh, some missed smash downs, and some bad bounces. Um, at the end of the day, though, we've like we've like bred our identity on coming up with those toughness plays, and we didn't. And um, and and when we don't, we're going to run a risk of losing. And 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 you know, certainly Pepperdine is a terrific team that's really dangerous. I mean, their record's not great, but they are a really dangerous team that could beat anybody on any given night. And and they got us. They got us. Credit to them. Let's hit the WCC standings then after the Cougars trip to Malibu. By the way, just one game in the league tonight. Gonzaga's playing, but two other games postponed due to COVID issues, and we'll get to why that impacts BYU here in a bit. But there you go. Uh, Gonzaga's already two games clear at the top. BYU is in solo second, but the, but the Waves pick up a nice win, keeping them at two in the loss column. That's your shakedown from a top to bottom. And again, a quiet night for the conference uh, tonight. And that'll bring us to the uh, resume BYU's put together. And you know, a little bit of a hit, Coach Pope, after the, uh, after the Pepperdine game, but not massive, right? I mean, the, 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 the net takes a double-digit loss, but you're sitting in the top 40 in pretty much everything but Ken Palm right now. You're not in a bad spot. Yeah, we dropped 10 spots. It's one of the, it's one of the challenges with our league that we have to overcome, right? And, and um, so, so that, was a, that was a hit. Listen, I mean, our destiny is still in our hands for sure. I mean, we have a ton of basketball to play, and, and uh, we have a really good team, but we have to earn it. We have to earn it every single night, and, and there's not a night where uh, where I can do a poor job as a coach, or, and our team has got to uh, perform with all the toughness that they're they're built on, and and that's a challenge. Like there's no room uh, for for missteps, and so it's a great challenge. We're excited about it. I mean, we're grateful for it. The fact that we get to be playing right now, and that we get to take this um, you know this this experience yesterday, and 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 spend every ounce of our energy trying to transform it into something that is transformative for our team, uh, that's what sports allows you to do. Um, the, the best thing about sports is that you get to fail in front of the whole world and then, and then you get to fix it. You have a chance to fix it. And um, that opportunity to fix it, kind of that redemptive process is, is actually so incredibly painful and so beautiful. And so that's what we're in right now. All right. The road to redemption starts Saturday at the Marriott Center. More on that coming up in our next segment for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play. Watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Brian Bennett of The Athletic joins the show tomorrow. When we come back, we'll look ahead to a home game with Pacific that is both being played later and earlier than expected. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope.
BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Smiths, fresh for everyone. And by Deseret News. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. The Cougars hosting Pacific this Saturday in a rescheduled game that was moved up to this Saturday at 6 Eastern on the CBS Sports Network. Pre-game on BYU Radio begins at 5 Eastern. When we did our post-game conversation in Malibu yesterday, yesterday we didn't know this was the game on nope. Saturday. No, and it's we're super grateful for it. I mean, one, it's, we're so grateful to get out and play again. Two, we're grateful the league is taking an active approach to filling in all these holes. Um, like, uh, you know, for example, St. Mary's is out again now with a couple positive COVIDs, but they missed the first two weeks of the season because their opponents had COVID. Right. So now they're, they're, they're double-dipping on missing games. They needed t- those games to be replaced in the first 10 games of the season. Now they're, you know, now they're out a lot. I don't know if they're going to be able to make it up. San Francisco was to be your home game on Saturday. Yeah. They went into COVID pause. Pacific's opponents hit COVID pause. That matched you guys up. Yep, and, and uh, Santa Clara's out also. So uh, we've we got three teams that are, that are struggling with stuff. Santa Clara actually finally was allowed to move back into their actual <laughs> building, and uh, they got shut down. So grateful for the conference right now. Grateful for Tom and Brian about being uh, really f- uh, mobile and, and, and getting this thing done so that we can stay on schedule. Okay, let's get to Know the Foe a bit, presented by Qualtrics. It is BYU and Pacific on Saturday late afternoon at the Marriott Center. Now, Pacific's a team that has had a couple of pauses, so they've played literally still only eight games on the year. You've played more than twice as many games as the team you'll face on Saturday. Yeah, and this team is really fresh, really physical, really, really physical. Um, they also uh, cause problems because their four and five are probably their best shooters on the floor, and they look to them all the time, whether it's picking pops or working them into space. Um, so they, they also are, are a problem, problematic for us in terms of, of space in the floor, and they're Coached by the great Damon Stoudemire, who's been a dear friend of mine mm-hmm. since we were growing up together. Um, he's done an unbelievable job down there. So, uh, you know, this Pacific team, um, you know, has, has spent some, some, some time in the upper echelon of the net. They took a couple losses last week, but they're a really, really dangerous team. Like all of the teams kind of in the upper middle section of, of our league, uh, they're, they're, they're really well coached, they're really, really tough. They can make shots, and they're dangerous. They have the rare in-conference transfer. Jordan Bell yep. went from LMU right over to Pacific. Yeah, and, and listen, Jordan Bell's found new life. Um, you know, he was, he was, you know, everything at uh, LMU was hard last year because of they were just beset by injury. I mean, the last three of their five starters to injury for the whole season. And um, he's actually playing terrific basketball now for Pacific. Uh, programming note, uh, with the way the games have been reshuffled, next week's Pope Show is actually Monday. Uh, Monday, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app because the team's going to travel Monday for the Tuesday game at, uh, at San Diego as the Cougs go Tuesday, Thursday next week. Let's go right now. Inside the numbers presented by Mountain America Credit Union. And we're going to look at the BYU bench. Uh, the BYU bench coaches outscored the opposing reserves in 16 of 17 games this year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a credit to our guys. Um, and they come in in waves. You know, you think about it. Connor Harding's decision-making was just extraordinary in this game. Uh, 
out of the post, kind of working things out of the post was really good. Caleb Lohner had a great start to the game uh, um, with a post move and banging a transition three. And Spencer Johnson came up with a couple big steals and, and you know, was made, made a couple threes. Uh, big Rich's second really half was huge in Malibu. And, and, you know, Rich was in foul trouble the first half, but came out the second half and was really, really a force to be reckoned with. And, um, you know, all the guys off the bench were, were terrific and, and uh, they make such a huge impact. And, we're, you know, our ceiling, we're still not even close to our ceiling. We still have a lot of growth in us, so we're excited about where we can get. Okay, let's take a break, and we'll tell you that Spencer Johnson will be profiled in this week's Cougar Q&A. That's coming up in a bit. And later, Deep Blue introducing you and us to Matt Harm. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. America First Credit Union, we're here to help. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Zion's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And by Qualtrics. Time to check in on our Cougars in the pros. Everybody knows that Jimmer Fredette had 70 in a game for Shanghai last week. That you know, he's one of those guys still that that that, that gets international play. Like stuff happens around the world when he scores 70 points in a game. And then he followed that up uh, triple double in his next game. Had 34, 10, and 10 the very next time out. Uh, Brandon Davies. A nice high-scoring game for Barcelona. Kyle Collinsworth playing in Japan. Not a triple-double, but a double-double. He's needed a few more points. And uh, Jake Toulson, closer to home, will be in the G League bubble with the Salt Lake City Stars, the G League affiliate of the Utah Jazz, with the longest winning streak going in the NBA right now at, uh, at, at 10 games. Uh, Jimmer's always going to have the gift. Man, it's amazing. <laughs> it's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, you think about it. He had 34, 35 the next night, yeah. and he only scored half as many points as he did the night before. What a disappointment at 35. <laughs> what a come down from 70. <laughs> All right, uh, each week we hear about the Cougars uh, from the Cougars. It's our Cougar Q&A, and it is presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Tonight we learn about Spencer Johnson. Spence has just... This calm nature about him, he's always calm, cool, and collected. Really funny, but also has a serious side to him that makes him, you know, someone that you can go to to have conversations with. He's just constantly making jokes and just has a great sense of humor. The dude loves his fast food, but he still cannot gain any LBs to save his life. Really smart guy, uh, on and off the court. One of the kindest guys I've met. Really just a good dude, just super nice. Uh, friendly and funny. He's another one of those guys who's surprisingly athletic, like ridiculously so. He's just a super smooth player. He, it feels like he never makes a mistake, and no matter what, um, he goes out there and works super hard, doesn't complain either. All I've seen uh, from him is just his work ethic and how hard he works, how, how much he wants to get better. He played like a veteran, so he knows what he's doing. He's just a textbook player. He has the best uh, pump fake. Uh, in basketball on our team for sure. I really think he's a great shooter. I think he really has a lot to add to this team this year. 
This season, you've had seven different guys be your game's high scorer, and Spencer became the seventh yesterday at 15 in Malibu. Yeah, he played terrific. He's He's been such a huge part of our – I mean, the thing he always gives us, he always gives us a real defensive presence, a really special defensive presence, and he made big plays on the defensive end yesterday. He also shot the ball really well. The one thing – and I, I might get myself in trouble, but this is this is live television, so let's just go with it, yeah, okay? Yeah, sure. So on Monday, Spencer Johnson got engaged. Now, yeah, bring it, bring it. Our so, studio audience, you're very enthused. Not only was that exciting, but we know it's the real deal. Because at post-practice, we always shoot free throws to run. And so if we miss, the guys have to run. If we make several in a row, then we get to shut down practice. Mm-hmm. And so f- from time to time, uh, when we really want to challenge a player's focus, <laughs> we will uh, bring up the name of their current significant other. Yeah. And Sometimes they even know the name of the significant other. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to actually call this player out right now, but about 10 days ago, we had a dude crumble at the free throw line. 0 for 3 as soon to as you finish brought the name. Well, first of all, he needed to remember the name. He crumbled. Well, no, he just wasn't sure if he wanted to say the real name. He crumbled. You can text me after the show, and I will tell you. I just can't say it. I just yeah. can't throw those. Yeah. But Spencer Johnson is about to leave practice and go ask this fine young woman to be his partner for the rest of forever. He stepped up to the free throw line. Nothing but the bottom of the net. And you're like, this truly was a match made in heaven. And then in his next game, he plays right after he shoots six for eight and, and scores 15. So this, this might be the turning point. The truth! Let's this go! Might be. All right, from Cougar Q&A to a social media Q&A for Coach Pope. It's presented by Smith's Fresh for Everyone. All right, question number one for Coach. Uh, how do you adjust your pregame preparation when you find out midweek you're playing a different opponent? That's from Jacob. Yeah, uh, so you just you just reroute as fast as you can. Um, we've this has happened to us several times. So, for example, we went to um, we went back east. We played USC. We on the schedule for two months. We'd had USC, and then two days later, UConn. And the morning before the USC game, we find out UConn's out, and we found out we don't have a day between, but we're actually playing back to back, USC St. John's, and so you just roll with it. And, um, and just, just get to work and figure out the best you can. And um, you just remind yourself over and over and over again how grateful we are to actually be playing games right now and, and to actually be able to go on the court and prove who we are and who we can be. So, so even though sometimes it can be um, uh, a little bit difficult, uh, we're so grateful. Now, different coaches on your staff are, are sometimes responsible for different teams in your league, right? They have to know that team. They scout yep. that team. And so you might find one coach thinking he's got the game, and all of a sudden it's a different guy that has the game. Yep, that's exactly right. So, and we actually do it in tandem. So we have an assistant coach and a, and a, and a GA or a staff member. It's a, it, they double-team the scout, kind of doing the background legwork. And so, for example, um, we had one uh, tandem that was responsible for San Francisco, and last night after the game we found out that they were off the hook and new group coach Robinson actually spent the whole plane ride home trying to like rush uh his scout on pacific yeah all right second question from kayla uh who's the chillest road trip buddy on the team Oof. i got a i got a group of guys that are 
all pretty chill, and they just love being together. They like to be together. Um, it's actually so fantastic to watch these guys congregate around each other, appropriately socially distanced in masks on the plane and when they can in the hotel. In fact, one of the most uh, difficult things about this trip to Pepperdine was we always have a meeting space where we spend the vast majority of our time in a meeting space, whether it's walkthrough or film or eating, and we were actually not allowed to do that. It's one of the complications of COVID. We went to the hotel and we actually couldn't be in the same place at any time. It was restricted. And so uh, I think all my guys are pretty chill and just enjoying each other's company. Okay, good stuff. That's our social media Q&A for this week. Heading to break time on the latest BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. She has records to warm the chill of a loss, and she wandered outside in the episode, just like BYU football's conditioning drills. Watch it all on the BYU Sports Nation social media platform. Coming up, the Deep Blue crew taking a look at Matt Harms' path to Provo, and Trevin Nell joins us. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Another time. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the inside stuff. Presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Well, in the days after last year's cancellation of the NCAA tournament, the BYU, like most programs, was in dire need of some positive news. And they got it from a Dutch basketball player moving on from the Midwest. That player was, of course, Matt Harms, whom we profile in this week's edition of Deep Blue, brought to you by America First Credit Union. Born and raised in Amsterdam. Two amazing parents, Peter and Martina. My home life was absolutely awesome. I love both my parents so much. You know, they're the most important people in the world to me. He was a calm kid, but really passionate about things. He was 12, and there was a tournament for schools. So his gym teacher said, sorry, you're not in the team. And then a neighbor of me, uh, who was on a basketball club, said, ah, let's Matt join us. And he stepped on the court and he loved it. And ever since he loved basketball. So it was great to see him running like a Bambi over, over the field. He really loved basketball. When I was younger, especially like between like 12 and 16, 17, is something when I, I really struggled with. I was scared of a lot of things in ways that you really shouldn't be. By that time I was 15, I was still sleeping with the lights on. And if the lights in my room weren't on, there was a light on in the hallway with the door open. It was just fear of a lot of things, a fear of everything almost. I was scared of the world, basically. He was a really smart kid. So at first we didn't notice it, that he was afraid of the dark. So he was very smart, talking around it, very cautious, prudent, reluctant to do, uh, to, to, to do some things. And it was holding him back. My parents were extremely supportive of me. You know, they never just dismissed me. Uh, as like, oh, this is stupid, you just need to get over it. They were there for me, and they were like, hey, we're going to help you through this, we're going to find ways to help this. It was a school trip, so I was with, with school that had a basketball team. We had the opportunity to go and go to Spain for like, I think it was five days, and just kind of practice with their, with the team there, which was Jovenduta Barcelona. I was just really excited for it because I thought it was going to be just a fun experience, go to Spain for a week, you know, with, with people from school. After two days, he called, Mom, Dad, you want me to stay here? And to come and play here at Joventut Badalona, we said, okay. And because we knew Matt, we thought, oh, he will be a little bit reluctant. Maybe he goes in one year or in two years, but he, he really wanted to go. When I made the decision to go to Spain, I was still, you know, I'd gotten over some of those fears, but I was still a very shy kid. At that moment, uh, his ambition won over his fear. 
So this is Maggie, my girlfriend. Uh, we've been together for almost three years at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, we met when we were both at Purdue together. Arms dunks it all. Mark, offensive board. Lindsay had it blocked by Harms. I think that Matt is really unique in that he's really not afraid to move anywhere. He's willing to take those risks and he's not afraid of going somewhere else and trying new places. He's just a guy that loves to play basketball. Here he is, we see him defending the pick and roll, doesn't give up on the play. And he loves it. <laughs> he is hyped, I love it. Recruiting Matt Harms was the odyssey of odysseys. He was recruited by every program in the country. He came down to the final three of University of Kentucky, Texas Tech, both recent Final Four teams, and BYU. He didn't have any familiarity with BYU basketball other than watching the great work that the players did last year. Seemed like this far-fetched dream that was just kind of wasting our time in terms of reaching out to him. And after the first week of him getting really excited and him learning more about us and us learning more about him, it kind of turned into this, we got a shot. It kind of, like, this dream became sort of this reality of, like, we got a shot to land, you know, one of the best transfers in college basketball, who, by the way, happens to stand seven foot three. We were trying to think of anything and everything that we could possibly do to reach him, and just hanging on by a thread. I brought my two girls here to the Marriott Center, and we had the crew put up happy birthday written in Dutch. And so we FaceTime Matt, just a quick hitter, and we're like, Matt, you know, this is a day 24, 48 hours away from him making a decision. And we're like, Matt, we're having a debate right now about which of us can speak Dutch the best. I'm going to look at it back as like a cherished memory, but in the end, it just came down to everything just fit. Everything worked. Like when I came down to it, it was like pros and cons and I had everything listed out and I had an Excel spreadsheet with all the options and all the goods and bads and all the location, whatever. And then I just was like, hey, how do I feel about it? Like, how do I really, truly feel about these places that I wanted to go? And I just said, I can't miss out on BYU. And at the end, he chooses with his heart. He chose with his heart for, for Coach Pope. Uh, and, and the coaching staff for BYU. BYU basketball does sign Matt Harms seven feet, three inches out of the Netherlands. Here is a tenured guy from Purdue that has gone on deep NCAA tournament runs, including the Elite Eight just two years ago. When they talk about BYU's a couple years down the road, five years down the road, when it's risen back to prominence in the way it should be, I want people to say, like, okay, we had that first huge class of seniors that first year, and then that second year, we had a core of transfers. We had our three seniors. We had Alex Barcelo, Brandon Averett, and Matt Harms came through here, and they showed that, we're, that BYU was there to stay. That's what my hope is for this year. Hey, Matt, here's a boodschap from your father, jongen. You've been bijna six years on pad om een geweldige profbasketballer te worden. En ik ben zo ontzettend trots op alles wat je daar al hebt gedaan. Dit kan alleen nog maar een succes worden. Dag lieve Matt, ik ben trots op je en ik hou van je. Dag jongen. That's awesome. Uh, you're only going to have him for maybe just a year, right? But what a uh, what, what a special guy to have in your program. How fantastic is that? Yeah. I mean, he is just a, he's just a special human being. He um, he's taken on such a, a really profound leadership role in this team, and he's such an extraordinary um, representative of this university. And as as I'm watching this, you think about all we've and we've detailed them all all the extraordinary characteristics of Matt Harms. 
And as I'm watching that, the one thing that still is so fantastic to me that people don't know is Matt Harms <laughs> is will not tell a lie. Like I'm, I'm talking about, he will not. It, and it's such a unique thing. We actually had a comment, and it's come up several different times in beautiful ways. We were actually having a conversation uh, last week where we were doing a charitable kind of act. And so we talked about, hey, just, um, you know, kind of talking about this and talking about that. And Matt's like, well, I can't say that because that's not exactly true. I mean, he's, you think about, he's such an extraordinary young man. And um, he's already doing great things here at BYU. And we're so blessed to have him. And he's teaching us all important lessons. What do you foresee for him for the rest of this year? Well, he's, he's going to continue to get better and better and better. Um, you know, his impact on this team in the locker room and on the court is becoming more and more significant as we go through the season. Uh, and he's going to help lead us on a, on a great run here um, the second half of the season. And then he's going to have a terrific, long-lasting professional career. He's a, he's a, he's a lifer in this game. He's going to be really successful. Well, we love those deep blue features, and we'll give you more of them at byutv.org slash deep blue or search for it on the BYU TV app. Well, he missed much of his freshman season due to injury, but as a sophomore, Trevin Nell has gone from the bench to the starting lineup and to really help key the Cougars' recent four-game win streak. And Trevin is tonight's live player guest. Trevin joining us now from the BYU Basketball Annex, literally next door to us. Trevin, thanks for sticking around and joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Coach Pope talked earlier about, uh, about the importance of today coming after what happened uh, Wednesday at, at Pepperdine. What's your perspective on how the team has already begun to bounce back? I mean, it's definitely a tough loss that we had. It's a loss that shouldn't have happened, but, you know, we learned from it. And Coach Pope sent us a text all last night saying, hey, take tonight to kind of grieve over this loss, but tomorrow we got to bounce back. It's time to turn the page. And we had a really good practice today, and I feel like this is a huge kind of leap for us uh, going forward just because, like us, as a starting group, we all came together. We talked about what needs to change and how we need to just trust each other even more on defense. And it all starts with communication. And so we're going to really – try our best to continue to move forward and, and better ourselves on the defensive end. And um, we're just excited to have a game Saturday so we can prove it. Yeah, when, when the game ended in Malibu, you didn't know you'd have a Saturday game, and then you got one. Was it almost kind of better that you found out you'd be playing right away to be able to, to, to get back and, and kind of get rid of that sour taste? I mean, a sour taste is going to last. Like We're hoping it lasts for a while just because <laughs> it's going to fuel our engine. It's going to fuel our fire. And, but, yes, it's definitely a, a nice thing for us to be able to play on Saturday. Like, who doesn't want to play in front of these great fans and in our hometown, you know? And we don't lose on the Marriott Center floor. So we're excited, and I feel like this loss is just going to fuel us to go forward, and it's going to be a, a bounce back for us coming forward on this Saturday. What, what did Trevin do to, to, to alter his role to get into the starting lineup in recent games, Coach? Well, he's been making contributions in every different part of the game. Uh, for example, the first Pepperdine game here, uh, he did an unbelievable job in a really tough matchup with Kessler Edwards on the defensive end. Um, he, so he's really stepped up his game there. Took a, 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 a really important charge early in the game on the road at Pepperdine, which was a missed call. It happens sometimes. Um, so he's found ways to make contributions there. He's doing a good job protecting the ball. Uh, he's, he's doing a good job bringing physicality to the game, and we know he can shoot the ball, which are all things we're really excited about. Hey, Trev, can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can hear you. All right, so did you watch earlier in the show when we were talking about um, guys that crumbled at the free throw line when we mentioned their significant <laughs> other? Yeah, I did, actually. I was hoping you were going to say it. Were you, were you, you wanted me to call out that your teammate? For sure, for sure. Okay, I'm trying to remember. I'm not going to bring up anything specific, but how's your tenure been at the free throw line when we brought up your significant other? Um, it's 100%. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring up whoever you want. <laughs> You know, Trev's doing an unbelievable job, and um, he's he's he did an unbelievable job coming off the bench. He's been doing a great job for us as a starter, uh, and he, he'll continue to find ways to contribute to this team in every different way. And he's got a bright future at BYU. He's also um, he you know he carries himself with a little bit of swag and, and confidence, and he brings joy into our locker room, and he, he impacts us in so many ways. Okay, you you, you can't vote for yourself, Trevin. Uh, best shooter or shooters on the team? What are you saying? I can't vote for myself. You can't. <laughs> no, you cannot vote for yourself. <laughs> um, well, you can't deny Alex Barcelo. Like, he's proven it. He's shooting 56%. And so he's definitely probably the best shooter in, in my mind. And then, you know, we have guys like Brandon Averitt, who is shooting remarkably well from just catch and shoot. And then, you know, we have guys, Spencer, Connor, like I go down the list. Um, even Gideon George today, he hit three threes in a row. And yeah. he was doing this, like, little snake whispery, trying to remember Kobe. <laughs> and so, like, there, there's a ton of guys, and we all trust every single person to make that that shot. So I think that's what why our offense is so good is because we trust to make that extra pass. And, you know, if you own that shot, like Coach always says, it's going to go in. Hey, Trev, way more important question. Who's the best shooter on the staff? You, you know it's not Coach Figure, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the weight room way too much. You're you're well you're welcome for that gift there, that opening. There you go. Take your shot at coach. But I'll say Coach Pope, even though he doesn't ever go. take a Come shot. Come on, man. Though. I don't even shoot anymore. Yeah, that's what I said. I just you you know You've never seen me you miss. Don't take any shots for us. There we go. Travin, last thing for you. Quick word about uh, Pacific here on, on Saturday at your place. Quick word is, you know, they're physical. They they're definitely a team that's going to try to challenge us on rebounding and everything. And um, I feel like it's a challenge that we're going to live up to. Uh, we kind of gave up a lot of offensive rebounds at Pepperdine. And so it's something that we're going to fix. And it's something that we're going to change here on Saturday. And we're excited. We're excited to bounce back. And we're excited to, you know, play as a team and get better each and every single day. Looking forward to seeing you and the boys uh, back on the home hardwoods on Saturday as you try and get back on the winning track. Trevin, thank you for the time tonight. We'll let Coach Pope uh, send you out of here. Trev, there is so much that I want to say right now, (laughs) but because I love you, I'm not going to say any of it. You're getting off the hook easy, man. By the way, way, I think I'm the chillest person on the team. What? (laughs) When we go on road trips, you know, like I was expecting it, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I had to save a little bit of love for you for later. (laughs) We'll save it for next season's show. Trevin, thanks again, man. Thanks for having me. Good job, Trev. All right, that's Trevin Nell. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by the BYU Store. Which NBA team drafted Pacific head coach Damon Stoudemire in the 1995 NBA draft? The answer next. Trivia time. Uh, Which NBA team drafted Pacific head coach Damon Stoudemire in the 1995 NBA draft? Canadian team, the Toronto Raptors. We're playing in Tampa this year, as it turns out. 
All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the end of the. Oh no, let's do this. Uh, first of all, it's our broadcast schedule. Just the one game this weekend: uh, BYU and Pacific on Saturday, six o'clock Eastern on CBS Sports Network. BYU radio coverage begins at uh, five o'clock Eastern. That's from the Marriott Center. All right, we have reached the end of the show, which means we just kind of we just kind of we throw stuff together. We take a bunch of things that happened in the past week of BYU basketball, and then we ask ourselves the question: uh, What happened? It's what happened. There it is. All right, so sometimes, Coach, you're just so big and strong that when you get fouled, they don't call a foul. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, <laughs> there might have been some contact there. It's, it's just hard to ref these games, and especially you know when you see a guy as physical as Caleb, sometimes you don't give him the benefit of the doubt, and clearly this was, this was one of those times. More Caleb Lohner, and Spencer Johnson's head was involved here as well. So I think it actually hit Spencer's head. It hit the Portland players' hands, Caleb's hands, and then it hit everybody's hands except for Rich Harwood's. <laughs> the guy you wanted to hit the hands on. <laughs> All right. Uh, and here's something. You're, you're leaving the floor. Five me or not. Uh, Caleb wants a little something going off the floor. Connor doesn't have any time for that. Yeah. He missed him. Sometimes it's just a misconnection. Sometimes you get left hanging. Uh, not a lot of people in the stands at the Marriott Center these days, but Cosmo is present. We gotta bring fans back in here. Look how lonely Cosmo is. He dances he is so like lonely. He dances like no one's watching. And uh, it, it's 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 big rich. We lost a shoe. Yeah. And, but and kept playing. He so Chukwuka takes it off. Says I have no need for that. Yeah. Kenna Chukwuka, props. All right, and that's uh, that's a block off the backboard and the head. That is so soccer fit, players. Right? Soccer players. That's how they are. The the European guys. It's a, it just was a big time plays down the stretch. Oh my gosh! And that's uh, that that that's friendly fire, right yeah, there. These two, uh, Trevin and Caleb, have have had an issue, a beef with each other for a long time. So Trev <laughs> just thought, hey, this is the time where I can. There it is. Oh, there, there's the. Beef. That's what I. That's, that's what, what I wanted. For, right? I, like we had the whole thing worked out. We had financed it from the jeweler. Nothing. We get nothing. We just get a regular tooth. That's Maybe what next time. Would have looked like. Uh, Gonzaga fans showing some love for Jimmer Fredette because Jimmer was going off for 70. And, uh, and then we had to bring back the, uh, the 10-year anniversary of the Kevin Durant tweet about Jimmer being the uh, best scorer in the world. All of that was part of the week that was. And, and there we go. Spencer Johnson, like you said, making it real. That's pretty awesome. That's very Congrats cool. Congrats, Spencer. All right. Coach, good luck to you and the boys uh, Saturday against Pacific. Thanks. Appreciate you guys. We're great for all Cougar fans. And we're glad we get to take this journey with you. All right. For Coach Pope and and, uh, Trevin Nell, I'm Greg Grubel. Have a great week. So long. Go Cougs.